0: Roger, Roger, Roger. Roger, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek.
1: This is Charles here, guys. Super excited to talk about the influence of one of the flagship Star Wars movies here on the Roger, Roger podcast.
0: Yeah, this is um, something I haven't seen too many people talk about. Um, You know, Rogue One doesn't get a lot of credit for a lot of things, but I think one of the things that I think it did really well is it created a precedent for Disney to expand Star Wars, to like move things away from the Skywalker saga and see that that can really make things interesting and create a whole new world within the universe, within the galaxy.
1: that's right this movie's doing a, a lot of new things and we we kind of talked through the movie a few weeks ago talking about you know, revisiting it today after it came mm-hmm. out like f- five years ago so watching it now now that star wars tv is blown up so big and we have so many star wars stories that aren't part of the Skywalker saga, and we realized, well, this was really the first one, and so we thought it would be fun to revisit this movie for the last time in a while for the show, I'm thinking, but you know, we've done two episodes (laughs) on this movie already, so I think one more will be good to go here, but it's just interesting to see now that we're five years later and Star Wars has changed so much from what I think Disney had plans for it to be and uh yeah, it's interesting to see how yeah. this kind of set the precedent for some of those things
0: yeah and i really don't even think this is a spe- this episode is specifically on rogue one more of the rogue one's influence and what it changed along the way because i think there is a clear progression through um disney star wars starting in rogue one mm-hmm. i i you know um you know, the first thing we have going on obviously we're going to back up to 2012 where Disney bought Star Wars. Before that, we had Clone Wars going on. It was pretty much the only thing, the only game in town, really. Mm -hmm. After that, Disney's first thing, I believe, was Rebels, which came out in 2014, which, you know, uh, kind of, I think, was influenced by the Clone Wars at first because it's an animated series. It was took place in between things. And that, you know, uh, I don't think that really has much to do with where this progression is going, but it is their first forte into Star Wars. Yeah, it's...
1: it's- interesting to see how the lore you're tasked with the job of making new star wars content it's like where do you go what do you do right so many fans love what they know which is the death star darth vader luke skywalker (laughs) you know all all of those things is what we know and love but then it's like that story's been told where do we go from here and i think it's been a lot of trial and error to get to even where we are today and i think think there's still a lot of work to be done but it's interesting to see us starting to begin experimenting with the narrative of star wars because up until this point before disney started making movies there was six movies and a variety of random tv shows video games novels comic books things like that but um, really, only you got the six movies, and you, maybe you could say the Clone Wars TV show in there as well. But and those three movies weren't generally you know well received. I don't think like people loved to like went to the theaters to see them. They did very well, but it took a while for fans to come around and and embrace them to where we are today. So it's interesting just to see like okay, we we even went back and did the prequels, and it's ran into some fan issues there. It's like where do you, where do you go? And yeah. that's not an easy thing to do, I don't think. And
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I think, <laughs> as most people would say, I think Force Awakens is a perfect example of that. Hey, let's remake A New Hope. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense Little to Darth me. You, I can't oh, imagine
1: the pressure that, like, J.J. Um, Abrams and the studio execs at, at Disney had on their shoulders to both tell a new story and win over old fans and things right. like that. So... Uh, I walked away from that movie in the theaters thinking I wish they did more, but I'm happy with what we got. And I rewatched it and I l- ended up liking it even a little bit more. And, you know, that's not why we're here today. But basically, no, what there is to say, it's like, hey, yeah. we're still telling the Skywalker story. They're all coming back. This is a continuation of that timeline. It's a sequel from right. the original trilogy, which uh, doesn't require too much. It's not as creative of a risk because you can bring back Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, all of that. You can bring them back. So it's like, can you even tell an original story in Star Wars? Or is it really these characters that people love and the story can't outlive the characters? And I think that was a really right. hard thing to decide as people making like $200 million budget movies, $100 million budget movies. It's like, what do you do? So.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think now we after the success of Force Awakens we have Rogue One a year later in two thousand sixteen. This is back when they were on their movie a year track and it was a little too tight. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, reached out into all the other movies too. It was just a little too ambitious. Well, I think uh, they
1: were trying to ramp up to like a Marvel level cinematic yeah. universe, which at this point was doing very well for them and they had a very clear plan of where it was gonna go and they knew it was gonna be popping off with Infinity War and Endgame and stuff, but we're still several years away from that. And I think they're like, oh, we we take that model and we apply it to Star Wars and imagine where we could be. And so I think they started to try and sell these star wars stories which know how to pull in elements from the a-listers while still tell their own narrative much like when captain america walks into a spider-man movie or something or i mean iron man walks into a Mm spider-man movie you know something like that you're able to pull on those resources strategically to give this grand sense of in this case galaxy building and um yeah, just to like pull in different cast members to tie in these stories together and kind of help them prop up newer characters, but at least give newer characters their own stories.
0: The problem with that is right off the bat, I think, is that the MCU has so many standalone main casters mm-hmm. and the Avengers saga brought them all together. But they could, all those standalone movies worked as standalone movies as Heroes and they were, and it started with
1: standalone movies and worked their way towards a collaborative thing. And this is trying to do the reverse,
0: (laughs) right? Star Wars does not have a huge main cast, so doing that and they had to reach into other things and prop stuff up. It it was, I understand what they were trying to do, but it just it it wasn't feasible in the Star Wars universe. At least it wasn't in the way they were doing it. Rogue One, uh, I think, was a good one of their best attempts at this. It was. Hey, let's not have you know these new main casters because you know they all die. Right, little standalone story in between, bridging the gap between two huge periods of Star Wars um, timeline. I guess and would it's be like the word. you said
1: they all die, so it's like if this movie ends up not being good we don't have to have these characters stick around they're a blip on the radar they're almost inconsequential to the star wars story it's like we literally just have to get to this one piece where leia has the Mm -hmm. plans and everything that happens to these characters can be kind of written off so that may have given them the feeling of some kind of creative freedom risk management something along those lines
0: I think so. I think it was definitely testing the waters. And I think it paid off in the long run because showing basically like risk management is a good way to put it. Hey, can we get away with doing something like this? Oh, we did. So they pushed it a little further with the next movie, Solo in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we know that went through a whole bunch of... Um, reshoots, director, director yeah,
1: changes, like yeah. I mean, so did Rogue One. I mean, Rogue One didn't go through a director change, I don't think, but it went through extensive reshoots, and mm-hmm. it's. I think you're beginning to see the the cracks in what everyone assumed was going to be the ironclad Star Wars. Disney cinematic universe right. situation. I, I think the cracks really start to show with this movie because we saw so many cool things in the trailer, and everyone was proper hyped for this movie. I, I know I was. I was more excited for this than like the continuation of the of the uh, sequel trilogy <laughs> because it's like finally an original story. Let's go! And um, it you could tell that there were some reshoots. Characters get shuffled around. Plots get shuffled around. Yeah. Giant, massive climactic battle scene at the end all those things we saw in the trailer most of it doesn't make it to the movie it's like man people are really starting to get tight-fisted with the over in the business side of things and in right. with these movies and they're trying desperately to make them align with what they want and it i think rogue one kind of suffers a little bit from that the lack of Creative vision. There were some scenes that I thought were really beautiful, like the fights on the beach at the end. Oh, I love that with the stormtroopers. The
0: whole opening and, um, scene was fantastic. It was one of the best in the movie.
1: I mean, great performances, but the characters oh, yeah. were just like, no, I don't think anyone cared about these characters or had any vested interest <laughs> in them at all because they're some of the most forgettable characters in all of Star Wars, which yeah. uh is, is Star Wars characters are so memorable, but it's like these guys, you're like, I have no idea who you are so it it was weird to see that but i what we do see is again the big budget brought to these movies modern special effects brought to star wars tech we saw a lot of those old uh, empire screens and radars and right. spaceships and stuff in in the mod with some modern polish we talked about that in our last rogue well in our rogue one movie discussion about how much mm-hmm. we love that and of course bringing back Darth Vader, that was like everyone's favorite thing about the whole, sold tickets to the whole movie, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, so, and here's where you see more parallels and divergences. rogue one so instead of creating a bridge gap movie to extend like the reach of star wars solo was kind of a standalone prequel if you want to put it like that it was kind Mm of it didn't it couldn't really reach anywhere new which i think was a um an experiment and i don't think it was one that worked too well Mm -hmm. and but on the other side to compare it to rogue one again something that they both did. At the end, you have Darth Maul come out, just like you had Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, this is actually, I have to guess this was kind of a reshoot scene, the whole Darth Maul ending, or if it was after the credits I mean, or something. Maybe. It seems
1: like a tease towards like a greater uh, storyline that they thought they, they might do, and that is now dropped. I mean, it's got to be dropped, but um, yeah. it definitely felt like a, like a stinger kind of like at the end of a marvel movies when a character walks in after the credits and is like so let's get started <laughs> you're like oh my god these characters are together now so it's like it felt like that kind of like introducing a villain but
0: see i actually thought about it the other way it was kind of showing the end game of maul's trajectory through the clone wars and through behind the scenes and the not behind the scenes but in what he's doing in the Bad Batch. Because mm-hmm. all, all of his crime, he took over Mandalore, all of his crime stuff is going on, and now mm-hmm. he's the kingpin and controlling something, which would then go somewhere. But I think this is something they did well, that obviously it was dropped, or maybe we'll see more of it in Bad Batch Season 2, or if they ever throw another <laughs> Clone Wars Season 8 or something, or a <laughs> mall show. So his legacy through as a crime boss... Um, Ends up there, and I think that is a like a bridge gap moment that they were setting up, but not didn't quite make yeah. it for obviously. And now reasons.
1: we're getting a Kenobi show, which who knows, we might see some more Maul. And I Matt. have to I, imagine we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'd think. <Kenobi>. The, yeah. <laughs> exactly, I hope. Yeah. But it's it's like you said, Derek, they're kind of riding up against a the wall. They can't change too much in these movies. And when I say these movies, I'm talking about these Star Wars stories, Rogue One and, and, and I guess Solo 2, where it's like, okay, Uh, our main character can't do too much because the story's already written of what happens immediately after this yeah and they can't be around because if they were then they would have been in the ot movies which they're not so you can't just like retroactively insert characters into the original trilogy that aren't there much like you can't have han solo have a girlfriend or like, fight Darth Maul or something. It's like you just can't have him do those things. It wouldn't make any sense. So, well, when
0: Han Solo is a scruffy headed <laughs> nerf herder, so he might be, uh, you know, if- he might have a couple of girlfriends. He's not very. Yeah, but
1: what I'm saying is this character can't (laughs) stick around to the original trilogy, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with these characters? It all has to kind of net zero. And that was one of the things... That these Star Wars stories, I think, were really suffering from. There was a lot more creative freedom with... I'm comparing these to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, you could say those characters... Those characters can say and do whatever they want and end up wherever they want. They can like, they snap out of existence. They can come yeah. back into an existence. They can do like meet other characters because... The, like, it's not like they released Endgame first and then now had to make all these other movies. <laughs> it's like, okay, we can make whatever we want. And right. they, you can't just make whatever you want in Star Wars for some reason. This was the roadblock that they had. It's like people are coming to see Darth Vader, wreck stuff, and we need to, people to see that. And people love Han Solo, so we got to show them Han Solo. And no, that, that girl from Game right. of Thrones is very popular show. So it's like chasing Game those. Game of Thrones? Choose Daenerys. What are you talking about?
0: Hansel's girlfriend was Daenerys.
1: Bro, don't do this to me on the air. <laughs> I didn't know that. Do not do this to me I've on the air. I've only seen
0: that one once. <laughs> we saw it in the movies. I we did see it in theaters I, yeah. together,
1: Dolby Atmos. But a yes, a long time ago, in a galaxy wow. far, far away. No. Uh, well, not for you. For me now, no. dude. It was only hey, three years ago.
0: Far. <laughs> no, 2018. I was was thinking Rogue One that was 16. This is funny. It feels like longer than that. I mean, a lot's changed since (laughs)
1: 2018, but I mean, no, that's the only. But yeah, Amelia Clark was the main. Wow. It's like the second build cast member in the whole thing after they had to give to
0: the guy that played Han Solo. But uh, yeah, so but the point is i think <laughs> we're seeing <laughs> we're seeing disney try to they i think somebody in some boardroom somewhere was like you know we can't really write any stories they're aware of the box they're in and i think solo is obviously an experiment rogue one is the the the, the start of this hey we need to find a way to to make more shows to make more movies to make more media because we're having trouble where we are right now.
1: Right. And I also think they realized, hey, these movies are just way too risky. It's They're very expensive to make. They can flop. It's like we don't – it takes a huge committee years to make these things. Yeah. It's like we just don't have the luxury of taking these huge risks on this insanely valuable IP that we have. And I, And I think that's yeah. where TV started to become the answer and streaming started to become the answer for Disney.
0: Exactly, because I think um, the production budgets and all of that, everything for TV is smaller, so you know what, if a show's horrible, you know, they drop it, and these are small, much smaller shows—twelve, 12, 8 episodes. You know, yeah, and because it's smaller, you we'll can make there. something
1: called *The Mandalorian* about literally a nobody who yeah. kind of looks like Boba Fett, and people will be like, "Okay, I'll watch that it's at home on my TV." Right. It's like, "Am I going to pay fifteen dollars to go see that in a theater?" I don't know. Well, I see it at home when it's one of a thousand other streaming things I already paid for. Right. Absolutely. So, right,
0: it strikes Which is that a Perfect balance. segue to mm. 2019 with the preview of you know we're, we're not doing that we're not talking about the sequels because they're not very the site Skywalker saga is not really relating to this yeah the whole of point of Star this conversation is yeah.
1: how we branch out of the Skywalker right. saga
0: so Mandalorian after you know a couple you know I think uh, Solo and Rogue One and obviously the Force Awakens all broke their budget completely so they weren't <laughs> flops but they didn't I don't think Solo destroyed in the box office but it wasn't a flop by any means no um they still needed a win, I think, for fan perception and kind of people were thinking, you know, what what is Star Wars even doing? Mandalorian, it took the right idea from Rogue One and uh, the right idea from Solo. Extend the... Because Solo wanted to extend part of the original trilogy, which I think Mandalorian does because it's closer to that time period. And that's obviously what Rogue One was trying to do, too. It... um. Mm-hmm. They took both of those things, put them together, and it kind of had an old school Star Wars feel. A small story, couple of characters. You know, we had a, a a bit of a gimmick with Grogu, but that turned it was worked <laughs> perfectly into the plot. Like, paid it off. Didn't feel, yeah. It paid, you know, it's not. A, is it a gimmick when everything works perfectly? I don't think so. You know. Mm.
1: So, yeah, and, and I do want to clear um, some air here. We said it wasn't a flop. It technically Solo technically was. Uh, really it technically was a f- like a box office failure right
0: it, what's the, what's the according uh, to yeah. box
1: office mojo it did 393 million dollars against like a 200 something million dollar budget 275 million dollar budget which for these movies you have to double the budget for marketing and stuff yeah. so and i mean star wars uh when you see, look at the Disney movies, you're basically, okay, Force Awakens, billion dollars. Right. Uh, um, Rogue One, billion dollars. This movie, not even half a million dollars. It Yeah, it's alarming for sure. And it's so, the, yeah, this so, was the movie that everyone was like, shut it down, shut it down. Yeah. Because it's like this trajectory was way too scary. You're talking about shut, going from a billion yeah. dollars to not even 400 million dollars. It's like, oh my gosh, we're losing it all.
0: It may not have lost money, but I guess what is a it flop? It probably what did I,
1: against marketing.
0: Against marketing, usually so they double the budget for box these. All? For these, what is the definition of flop? Do you know? Does it say? I, it's
1: it's subjective. If it loses money, it basically is a flop. You know, and okay. f- for these big, big blockbuster releases, you usually double the budget for marketing that's kind of the usual formula and then you put that against the take so if it was 250 million dollar budget it's like you have to make over 500 million to be a success so to hit Mm 393 million is so it was a big L Yeah, Yeah. it was an L. It was an L. It wasn't like huge, and Disney's fine, obviously, but it was definitely (laughs) the first time a Star Wars movie like flopped, and I do think it caused Disney to be like, "What are we doing with our lives right now that we push that we can't make money on Star Wars?" Yeah, so they're definitely uh, definitely went back and redid the formula and then of course we got more start we got the final movie after this right this was after wasn't solo mm-hmm. didn't solo come out after um, the last jedi s-
0: yes when, i think so when
1: did the last jedi come out um, so that's a quick google search that came out in the um, 2017 right so the only there's only one other movie after solo and that was the last Skywalker, whatever it was called. 2019. And uh, yeah, and that movie. Movie a year. And people didn't really care for that way that movie went. I think a lot of popular consensus is. I still think it made tons of money and all that, but I think. I don't know if fans were going to buy into more of that. And I think Disney saw that. And yeah. I think the cracks really started to show way back with Rogue One. I think it's why, and you, you take into account the fact that no one goes to the movies anymore for a whole <laughs> out, out reasons outside of Star Wars, uh, this whole play into streaming was just the right move for Star Wars. And Mandalorian came out before the world ended, too. So they were going that way anyway. and yeah, it's just it interesting just to see to how it went. Move. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But like you said, Mandalorian is the complete opposite of solo so small scale so small budget originally I mean well maybe not for a TV show but comparatively to Disney budgets usually Right, and they it was a they took best of both worlds from Rogue One and um, Solo, and created a story that branches around the original trilogy with new characters, see? New characters is a big one, that can be expanded on into and go anywhere because they are not main casters. I main do casters feel like Mandalorian has
1: some trouble now because Luke Skywalker entered the picture, and no, it's like...
0: I think it has less.
1: But where's Grogu in the sequel trilogy? Where is he? he has...
0: He's... He, we, you know, he doesn't need to be. He's off with Luke somewhere. He Might I mean, still no. be a baby or something. Well, yeah, but I mean, for the sequel trilogy, we'll get to that. But for the Mandalorian season three, he might but not saying, even like, be in it. I'm saying, like in the sequel no trilogy, Luke's they
1: ate that species ages so slowly. He could still oh, yeah, be like a toddler.
0: S- yeah, he might be. He's going to be of no use really. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's. Dead, so. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke you know, just doesn't talk happened. about him at all. It's right. like,
1: oh, I had a school and now I have nobody. And it's like, okay, well, you had
0: Grogu at one point, but we don't have to get into that. The pole. Well, no, but really, he, his temple was raided by the Knights of Ren. Maybe they killed Grogu because he was like a uh, young yeah, age, you know? I, they could work around but that. But the or point is, there's still possibilities,
1: though. Like, Grogu's story his could his go planet. anywhere, technically. Um, he can't kill Darth Vader, but he can, he right. can do whatever he wants. No, um, I, I, I don't think it's a plot hole yet, but... No, there's no plot yeah. holes, but it's just interesting to see that even in this version of Star Wars, there is still some things that are timeline restricted, but that's okay. It's but The formula I, yeah. was broken by having a totally new character, totally smaller scope in terms of story and... Right. Totally removed from the Skywalker saga. So it just allows you to exist in this world that's been created and is so fleshed out and beloved by people. Like just to have right. someone go to Tatooine and have nothing to do with Luke Skywalker, it's a nice thing to see. To, 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 to mm-hmm. see all these cool things about Mandalorians, about the Bounty Hunters Guild, and all these other things. It's like these are things that have existed in Star Wars that. Are getting a spotlight. It's time to shine on the silver screen, and we're okay with that. It's it works.
0: Yeah, and Mandalorian, especially. So with these characters, they can anyone in the main cast of the uh, Mandalorian can do anything anything they want all of their stories are completely open because they are so far removed from <laughs> and they the don't have to galaxy-wide. be dead by a certain yeah. timeline <laughs> right they could be doing normal smuggling things by the time the sequel trilogy you know they're mm. so low key that <laughs> they're never gonna run into Ray <laughs> or so anything low like that key. <laughs> oh. so that's and i think they finally figured that out and that's uh, that was a huge pivotal moment for them and it, you know grogu could easily easily be um, in a new on movie he could be a star of a movie later if they you really wanted to because he ages so differently so right. there's all of the characters other than luke showing up can be oh and ahsoka but that they have to figure out i'm looking forward to the show to see where the hell uh, heck she was but um, everyone, basically everyone in the show can be used for an extended period of time and it connects, this bridges the gap and extends the gap to new shows and older media, which I think is a fantastic idea. And they really hit home with that. Agreed completely. And it's it all comes
1: back to, again, this idea of the Star Wars story and something that Rogue One opened the door to the possibility of it. And we, I, I think Disney was able to look at that movie and then say, what can we do differently? What worked? What didn't? And what worked was this idea of char- new characters non-beholden to the Skywalker right. saga. What didn't work was having to wrap it up really quick and move on and putting it in a timeline where these characters can't exist uh, after the time the movie comes out. Yeah, and so... Mm-hmm. And and then the pressure of the big Hollywood scene to have a lot of studio involvement, just considering how big of a risk it is. It's like we need to take more risks, but maybe it's not – more risks creatively without taking more risks financially, and that's why I right. think – having a streaming service where you have guaranteed monthly income no matter what you make is very helpful for taking some creative liberties with Star Wars. And now we get so off the reservation with Visions, which is completely non-canon. Don't jump too far. Don't jump too far.
0: Because I think we still see Rogue One's influence in this Mm -hmm. experimentation the next step on here is Clone Wars season seven in 2020. Yeah. Now we're back to the Skywalker saga, and we, you know, it was a home run pick because they're running off uh, Mandalorian doing really well. Clone Wars are, already has a huge uh, following removed from um, the final season, so people are very excited again. We in the final season we get the Bad Batch, we get Maul again, and we get the um, Ramirez sisters. So, we get a bunch of new characters that could have no relevance to the story, but they've, you know, talked to Anakin, they've talked to Ahsoka, they've met Obi Wan, but they're all doing their own thing. They're low key. And then you get Maul, which bridges the gap towards the future and the past. So, again, they're taking these ideas that have been, you know, you're funneling down a bunch of bad ideas to in an upside down pyramid to mm-hmm. hey i think we figured out the formula now right and just like that we get you know um Immediately after is the Bad Batch because they, they they saw this as a one two punch. They knew what was going on by now, and the Bad Batch they could go anywhere in the galaxy. They can you know pop up somewhere really pivotal, or they do their whole thing in the background. They never show up in any of the movies. The Ramirez sisters pop up it can anywhere. You know maybe we'll see them in the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. You know that. I also think uh, that yeah.
1: that last season got made because Mandalorian popped off greater than anyone could have hoped.
0: And I think it was already in production. Don't those,
1: you? well, Mandalorian was a huge success. They announced all these other shows. I don't think there was an announcement for these other shows. Maybe the Clone Wars. I forget because it was so early. But I don't know. I think it was just like we want, we need content for our new streaming software. We already have these episodes kind of half baked, and let's. Finish them and let's continue it, that would be a really cool thing to do. I think that was part of it. Yeah. I think it was just low hanging fruit in terms of like being able to cheaply and with good quality make something worthy of Disney Plus as like then new already had a new content. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was low hanging fruit to be made for certain. But it 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 does it does show that it's like, hey, there are Star Wars properties, IPs, characters outside of the movies that people want to watch and that are worth investing in. And I think we found the right medium in which to mm-hmm. share those stories that make sense both financially and, and creatively. The other thing I want to make sure we talk about um, with this movie, Rogue One, is obviously it's. Approach to storytelling in Star Wars was a huge breakthrough thing for, for Star Wars. But the other thing is that from the technological aspects of this movie, and I know we spent a lot of time the last time we talked about Rogue One going into the whole deepfake technology, but this was really the beginning of experimenting with that kind of technology, and it's this technology that went on. Even you see it all over the Marvel Cinematic Universe, too. Yeah. The idea of now you have the capability to de-age, age age, swap out completely people's faces to tell a narrative with familiar characters. It's like you can have Mark Mm -hmm. Hamill play a New Hope era Luke Skywalker now because of the technology being pushed through in Rogue One. You can have you know, you can have um, all kinds of possibilities. You can bring back Moff Tarkin you can do this, you can do that Uh, it, it it was breakthrough in terms of the technology as well
0: yeah no and that's a great point so it's not just the storytelling aspect it's 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 much deeper than that because that that actually works into the storytelling too now that they experimented with that and keep going with that i guarantee we see more and more of it and you know Oh yeah! Did I mean,
1: the work? last live action thing we saw was in, in Star Wars oh, yeah. was a deep fake. So it's or not really, but it's that technology. So it's You're like right. a, they're going to expand on that big time for yep. sure. They they can't not. They're gonna make. They're gonna turn these faces in into live action like commodities almost, and it's going to allow characters to be in any age, in any place, in any time. So. In, in live action, which is where the real like beef of a lot of bucks Star Wars is. Yeah, the big bucks is in the live action yeah. stuff.
0: And I think I mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, but I, I positively um, compared Rogue One to Episode Two. Um, through influence. Now, mm. we've talked about um, episode two influencing ideas and storytelling and expanding lore that we still feel today because that, that movie might have not been the best movie, but it's so full of amazing ideas. and The first movie to be yeah. completely
1: shot on digital camera, with a digital camera. Right.
0: Now, again, so that is um, a technological breakthrough too that we are influenced yeah, and in And i mean the original trilogy
1: whole. had to do like in you know yeah. something had to start like three or four different production companies special right. effects companies that went on to do like thx pixar blah, blah 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 just to make those movies so technological advancements and achievements in film have been a part of Star Wars since the beginning. And Rogue One played its part in a big way with this whole Mm -hmm. facial swapping technology. And, of course, we're all familiar with Grand Moff Tarkin and um, even a young Princess Leia appears in this movie. And it's uh, pretty wild to see. And I think that was a huge talking point of this movie when it came out, along with, of course darth vader and i'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more darth vader stuff or an announcement of a darth vader show or anything it's He's like,
0: been at a decent amount of video games
1: yeah but i would love to see more darth vader <laughs> i don't, well, I don't who think i'm be? alone but, but i think that I don't while know, we're well we're still on that the, later. Uh, the track
0: that you just said yeah we'll get <laughs> to, i'll talk about darth vader in a bit but um i think like you said um we had the original trilogy episode two was a big turning point or a big maybe turning point but a pivotal moment and rogue one despite a lot of what people say about the movie it is a um, a pinpoint in not only the tech uh, technological filmmaking of star wars and other media because this will branch out we've seen it branch out into a lot of other movies It is also a new way of experimenting with storytelling and instead of plot and lore, it's kind of bridging um, gaps and expanding the story past the uh, Skywalker saga. And I think this Rogue One is underrated in its, just like episode two, in its influence. That's I mean, that's why I wanted to do this episode is to kind of talk about that. <laughs> right, right. Because I think it's really important. And I think a lot of people don't give it that kind of credit. Yeah, I mean,
1: Lucasfilm has been like on the forefront of CGI movie technology for so long. I feel like a lot of times you ask yourself okay, they've created these things that no one could do before but should they do it? (laughs) Like, do we need (laughs) a fully digital film? Yeah, of course you do. Those are huge accomplishments and it's very Star Wars. So I kind of had that thought of like, do we need this weird deep fake technology? But it it just opens up so years, many it more might be possibilities ridiculous to not have it. I know, you know, I know. It's it's never gonna go away now that it exists. No, it, no way. But you know, just something to said about practical effects, and even like the Mandalorian had that breakthrough with the instead of a green screen, it's like just a huge high res TV so that mm-hmm. the actors can see where they are, and that you film the screen. Um, so yeah, it's just like constantly innovating in movie tech and
0: and it's funny that you said there's something about practical effects because that's you know one of the ot's like home runs was practical (laughs) effects the miniatures Uh, and yeah i mean it that in that gives it kind of a life you know that's why some of the movies age differently than others like the original trilogy when i mean obviously there's weird CGI in some of them, but if you watch any fan edits and stuff like that, um, (laughs) all of it really holds up. I mean, we just talked about 2001 A Space Odyssey, which, uh, on our last episode, and that was probably one of the best uses of practical, practical effects and miniatures I've ever seen, and that holds up Today really Mm -hmm. so like I I do think there is a lot to practical effects And I hope we see more of that when you don't need you know I think you should use practical effects when you can and if you need to use CGI or some crazy new thing then use it, Mm -hmm. but That's just my opinion because I always think it looks a little better But the the tech always evolving Star Wars has been at the forefront of that forever and um you know we didn't see any tech advancements in the bad batch but we did see i think a lot of rogue one's influence compounded even further where we see on the storytelling aspect of it this is bunch a whole bunch of new characters really flesh fleshed out that can go anywhere in the galaxy at any time and it really this is the best example of bridging uh, gaps it bridges uh, into the Mandalorian time period, it bridges mm-hmm. into the Clone Wars time period. It bridges kind of into, depending on what section you're looking at, it bridges into the Rise of the Empire time period because that's the, where the basic the show takes place. And I, th- you know, and that was a home run of a show too.
1: I yeah, think. it's crazy yeah. to think that this movie, which didn't really impact me as a viewer in the theater, to see. It really is a turning point for the way Disney's telling the expanded mm-hmm. universe of Star Wars stories. It, it really is. It's yeah, like the, the Iron experiment. Man of the <laughs> of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that
0: was a pretty good movie, though, if I remember.
1: Iron Man was a good movie. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen it in like 10 years, but I, yeah. I remember it being good. Um, I liked it. I remember liking it more than I like Rogue One, but it... Iron Man doesn't have Darth Vader going like bananas on people which I think is the best single scene of those two movies <laughs> but
0: um I think it's the best single scene of I, I don't know Star Wars since Disney bought it I mean really hmm. of the movies at least some of the shows have I, I think interesting I don't know maybe not I haven't really put
1: much come thought on. to it but I can't come up with anything else right pin- I mean it was
0: it. it's like the cool it's the pinnacle of cool of Star- it's what you always wanted to see and they finally did it and you're like well I, I just want you know two hours of that instead of two <laughs> minutes but when Luke drank the blue milk or
1: green milk whichever one it was <laughs>
0: Ooh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Luke's scene is probably second, you know, in The Mandalorian. That was really cool.
1: Yeah, the Mandalorian you know, that stuff is cool. Right.
0: They got to get are They're and again, that's not that this, hey, it actually does relate to Rogue One, another influential thing. Finally, we see in, um, hey, fan service, when it's not stupid and cringy, works really well. In Rogue One, they're like, hey, what if we put Darth Vader in here, kicking everybody's butt? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see a little bit of more, we get a lot of cool fight scenes in The Mandalorian, Clone Wars, and Bad Batch have a, a lot of fan service for longtime viewers in it. And in, um, speaking, Speaking of the Mandalorian, specifically, hey, we wanted to see Luke Skywalker be Luke Skywalker for, you know, depending on how old you are like 50 years (laughs) you know (laughs) and they finally did it and i everybody loved it nobody didn't like that so i mean people didn't like his face but
1: yeah and movie technology is advanced enough that we can see a lot of these cool things that we weren't able to see even it was just impossible times
0: so it's just cool or out of animation there's you know some good darth vader stuff in that but but it really though again that's another rogue one influence yeah, fan service that is earned and not cringy is like just do it, Disney. Like, give we want lightsaber right. fights, give us some yeah, lightsaber exactly. fights. You know, and I, uh, I think that is another thing that they experimented with, and they had to kind of figure out, and it all started yeah. there.
1: And I think they've done that right consistently. Oh, yeah. They know enough on how to handle IPs and when to reveal their A listers, when to rely more on the B listers. Uh, Not at
0: first. You think
1: so? Who? When was? Yeah.
0: No, I mean back in you know when all of this started, it was eh. You know they kind of finagled around stuff. Disney. These with the in Star Wars. Yeah, I think they did. I I mean, maybe it's a hot take, but I don't think the sequels handled the original cast well at all. So, oh, you're they, t- so you're referring to, like, Force Awakens
1: and using the OT. I'm just talking about pulling in these fan y things, these characters in these, I guess, spin off things. It, it, the Skywalker saga, you think they're just part of that story, so they're not, like, being pulled in to tell their own story. But yeah, they're they're not they're, having they're, like Darth Vader utilized. in every scene, you know. They're not. We had so many speculations on who was going to be in the Bad Batch, and that we we were wrong on all accounts, pretty much. Uh, every account. So <laughs> no,
0: wait. We got one or two. We had some really good uh, calls, but it wasn't a lot. and yeah, it was it wasn't not the final episode. It was not Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. But we did. I, I don't remember what they were, but we each had a really good call. Yeah, but, I think my uh, Cassian
1: Andor call was pretty good. Um, yeah that's who he was right the bounty hunter
0: no cassian is
1: oh my gosh cassian's the guy in rogue one i can't believe i remember his name
0: (laughs) yeah right yes yes
1: (laughs) who's the guy who wears the wide-brimmed hat he's blue He's the bounty hunter. Uh, Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yes, thank you, Cad Bane. My Cad Bane. Yeah, Cassian Andor does not one. make an appearance. No, in anything other I mean, than the so One I mean, that I'm aware of. He
0: supposedly has a whole show going on. So who knows what's going on with that? Uh,
1: I would be not excited about that.
0: Well that was the first, that before the you know the um, the shutdown and in Hollywood I think Andor was supposed to come out before the Bad Batch. And then they shifted gears to Bad Batch because it was animated.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well so, we'll see. We will see. It's supposed to come out at some point, but I mean, oh, man, Rogue scrapped, One really though, no. was a rogue one, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, I think <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a good, good, one. Um, and I think we're s- seeing this whole fan service, and, you know, we talked about all the influence stuff, but, hey, Book of Boba's coming out. People have been wanting more Boba Fett for years, and now they've worked it in, in a, not, uh, in a way that makes perfect sense in the storytelling, makes perfect sense in the plot. It's not, I mean, we don't know if it's going to be cringy, but I seriously doubt, based on how they handled literally everything else of The Mandalorian. So I think that's, again, hey, let's give him some, give him not too much, but work it into the plot. Slot. They're really figuring everything out and then the I think the pinnacle of Rogue One's influence if you funnel it all the way down to the Final point is visions. It's hey, you know, let's experiment to the nth degree Let's give complete free reign and just have more stories forget canon just do whatever you want and It's a it's a huge hit, you know hmm yeah. And I think it all this whole this whole era since Rogue One started there. It didn't start with the the sequel trilogy which you think it would, but more Rogue One has more of an influence on Star Wars media now than mm. basically anything since the prequels. Which and is it crazy. was
1: a very successful movie. People Yeah, we, yeah, we It was good. We enjoyed it. it. It did like three times the box office of Solo and yeah. it was it was, yeah, it it, the, it, it showed some things on, on screen that we had never seen in, in Star Wars before, and it was very exciting, and it opened up a whole bunch of possibilities, and it allowed all kinds of experimentation with Star Wars storytelling and Star Wars technology that we can benefit from via the Mandalorian and I even think something like Visions we get to benefit from this movie as well because it's like look what what if we just had total creative freedom well it would have to be non canon and then it's like let's go there right. and we're we're getting those stories as well so
0: and it's just interesting that they fought that for so many years <laughs> because and then they realized oh wait since Return of the Jedi, the last like 30 years of Star Wars before the prequels was all non-canon. So, hey, let's just do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did outsource it to a bunch of studios, but it's not like they did it. But I I think it's only because Disney Plus has taken off like it has, Mandalorian's taken off like it has, that we're allowed to get something like Visions and even Bad Batch. But I feel like Visions is much more of a... We're doing this for fun. We're doing this for the arts. We're doing this um, for the celebration of Star Wars. Not so much to pull new oh, people I into disagree. our streaming platform. <laughs> like if we get some anime fans, great. But yeah, I think
0: I, they get I, a lot. You, I don't know. I, don't I think. Know. A- the jury's still out on the
1: impact visions has had on disney plus but i can't imagine it's going to be anything huge i I think in the boardroom they're all sitting there like yeah let's do it it'll be fun and we can afford it and if something cool happens from it that's just gravy on the top (laughs) that's what i picture happening in the boardroom and then it's like we get to work with these really creative people and broaden the cultural influences on star wars and all these other things and
0: I think all of that was in the conversation but I believe anime is one of the biggest like f- uh, f- the f- quickest increasing t- television markets there is right now mm. and I think they said, "Hey, what is if we get really a piece true? of this?" Huh? I believe so. Yeah, it's one of the most watched in the um besides like YouTube and TikTok in the younger in like the 8 to 18 demographic. It's huge. Cool. Yeah. So, well, I uh, mean, it's I, and I, I hope... need to get some younger people into Star Wars because it's a bunch of you know old losers like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How could you do me like that, bro? I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I like visions too <laughs> uh,
0: no, but no, but like you're not like watching anime more than normal TV right now, are you? No, but right, but there are a lot of kids that do. yeah, yeah, well. If I see Darth Vader
1: like flossing on TikTok, then I'll know I've I've gotten too old. <laughs> was he in Fortnite?
0: Probably. This this yeah, Mando was in Fortnite, I think.
1: Oh, the Mandalorian was in Fortnite.
0: I I I don't don't quote me, but I've I'm, actually never like played
1: seen... Fortnite before.
0: I played it once. It was I've pretty fun.
1: never played a game, and not out of any kind of um protest or anything it looks fun enough but i've just never been invited to play there's no one i know that's playing it so i just never got yeah. into it
0: Oh, well, i played it at my cousins it was fun but you know it's oh yeah they had to, like yes, they have a lot player. of people bro
1: a lot of star wars characters i'm looking i see ray i see finn i see kylo ren i see a red stormtrooper I see Vader. Well, they also have
0: like soccer players, I think, which is, I, I'm not really I mean, sure they how that works.
1: Everything. But. They had a character from um, one of Brandon Sanderson's books, Mistborn, in there in Fortnite. You're like, what? A, a Mistborn <laughs> nice. character? It's not even on a movie or TV show. It's literally a character from a book. No one Doesn't he, he have a game? Like. No. I mean, may, maybe some random game, but nothing like popular that you can actually go and buy. Bloodborne is a thing. That's like Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Rogue One, guys, really went rogue for the Star Wars narrative, but I I think we're better off for it. I'm glad that Disney kind of hit the pause button on the movies, and I don't think they could have foreseen how fortunate of a decision that was for them yeah. when the box office just basically shut down for a year and almost two right. years now.
0: is slowly coming lucky. back. And, uh, and Endgame came out right before everything stopped. I don't know. I, I smell a conspiracy. You, here. Yeah.
1: Disney's like, okay, we've been holding back this virus for like a long time, but now that Endgame's come out we can stop the fight.
0: Right. Mando is doing really well. We got an animated series Yeah, people series need to stay home
1: and watch Mando. And watch Disney <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> it's quite the conspiracy. Uh, I believe it, but <laughs> I wouldn't put it All past. Right. It. I yeah. wouldn't be that surprised. Let's be honest.
0: No, maybe it was uh, the virus was frozen with the uh, Walt Disney's head. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I mean, Rogue One, guys. Is there anything else in our notes to talk about, Derek, about Rogue One's impact and? The Star Wars Um, Cinematic Universe?
0: Nothing I have written out, but I did have one last bullet point. Okay. What do we think about future? Because I think we know where this influence is going to continue with TV. It's been pretty clear, and I think they have made it a perfect Yeah, the next two years
1: are set in stone. I I hope to see the return to movies.
0: I really do. That's what I'm saying. Do we see this influence in the movies because it's been doing so well, or do they go back to... Uh, the Skywalker Saga. I, well,
1: here's my thing. I, I
0: think these... Well, before TV- that, okay. I did do a little research okay. um, on something. So one of the reasons, I don't know if we talked about this on another episode... That um, I read. One of the reasons all of these movies they have to make money is because everything is moving to streaming now. There are fewer like DVD, Blu-ray sales, second market sales, and that used to be a huge part mm. of revenue. And now that's almost completely gone. Mm. So when a movie comes out, it has to triple the budget. Double the budgets, like you said, not even worth it. It has to be huge. So they make Marvel movies, they make giant Star Wars movies, they make movies that they know are going to. Yeah, and it's movies that
1: promote future movies that promote future movies. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's not even it doesn't end with that property. And then there's merchandising and exactly theme parks and all these other things. But yeah, it becomes a much bigger operation. Uh, to take on it, these kind of six, the yeah. S- yeah. these nine-figure investments for movies, mm-hmm. it's like if we're gonna make a hundred million-dollar movie, it has to be ironclad. It's like it has right. to. It's got to
0: make five million, right. yeah. Otherwise, it's not worth it. And it, that's for the movie industry in general. That's not just Disney. That's how all of. The, that's why you only see well, like big three budget of the movies, movie.
1: blockbusters, right. and things. Uh, and you see more of
0: the little ones on the streaming services yeah, now because but they have... you yeah. can
1: still see indie movies. Like, if you make a $2 million movie, you can go to the box office and do okay. But... Uh,
0: uh, but but not for but, like these big companies like Yeah when, you're, when you're
1: making a hundred Million dollar movie it has to be like From a proven IP With a built in audience like Tied into yeah. some other thing That's gonna go into our own Thing that we own that we can share Yeah you're right the market's right. Pepsi changed
0: Pepsi and KFC gave us a billion dollars yeah. each
1: Yeah <laughs> it's like Ant-Man has to work At Baskin Robbins for 20 Minutes <laughs> in the movie because Look we just we, you're talking about Ant-Man here yeah. it's like I know where Mar Marvel, but this is Ant-Man, so bring in Baskin-Robbins. And uh, <laughs> so it worked for them, I guess. But yeah, it's. I hope Star Wars returns to the movies. And I think if any series can, it would be Star Wars. If Star Wars can't make money in the box office, and you know the blockbuster is a dying breed. And I think all of these TV shows are are kind of paving the way to tell a brand new story uh, in the movies. I think we're years away, but I think the next movie that we get is going to be something new based off of like taking off after where all these TV shows are living and doing because you have like Ahsoka, Obi-Wan Mandalorian book of Boba. They're all kind of living in the same space. Potential for crossover, all these other things. And I think it's. Do you think making... we'll see
0: a TV character in a movie in the next potentially,
1: movie? Potentially, potentially. Hmm. I don't think we have to. I'm not banking on it. I think we can start to see some original stories, though, and I and I am looking forward to that day because I think the reason why Star Wars is as big as it is is it really the site you'd say this phrase movie magic and nothing quite like seeing that logo pop up on the big screen with the blast of the fanfare and then the title crawl right. and all that and you're like there's nothing like sitting in a movie theater and watching that and as much as I love these Star Wars stories being challenged and matured and developed into these modern narratives in TV it doesn't be just the bang you know, you're, you're sitting there in the theater. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is chills right now. So just, you can't... TV can't do that. As much as I love everything that's come out on Disney+, Plus, it's like it can't do that and so i hope we see more of that in the future even if it's like straight to streaming but i don't know disney can make tons of money off of these movies that go straight that stream and then go in the box office on the same day so we're not far from it and i just think they're waiting to build up some goodwill with the fans before plopping down another movie and i also think they want to push the popular viewers Horizons when it comes to what characters are in Star Wars before they drop another movie as well. So mm-hmm. I think once that happens, it might yep. take two years of TV to do that. We'll see another movie. And I think I'm looking forward to it.
0: So I did a, a quick Google. And so the only movie announced right now is coming out December 23rd, 2023. Mm. And it is Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Oh. So which I believe is the, the rebel... Um, Rogue Squadron from the video games, which is very cool. It could have a bunch of maybe a cameo by somebody, but hopefully just a bunch of non-a listers yeah. making a good standalone movie. So maybe Rogue Squadron goes uh, before Mando, I guess. So it would be yeah, we could see you know anybody. Yeah, twenty twenty
1: three film. Very cool. What was that video game that came out recently that was focused all on pilot like uh, dogfights? It might
0: have been called uh, Rogue Squadron. It was um, something I was I almost bought a couple of times um, because I like spaceship dogfights. Is the word
1: on that that it's good?
0: um, I believe because I haven't heard anything. It was like a lot
1: of excitement in the like before it was released during all the promotions. And then it kind of came out. I don't and think I too many anything. people bought it. Interesting. Originally set to be written by Benioff and Weiss, but then they bailed to do...
0: What, the video game?
1: No, the movie. Rogue oh. One. Or Rogue Squadron. But I actually knew that... I knew Benioff and Weiss had a Star Wars contract, and then they bailed on it. They like kind of double-timed them to get an even fatter deal at Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Right when season eight was coming out and they were shopping around for what they were going to do next, yeah, they totally like played the game and had a whole contract with Star Wars and walked away. I don't blame them though. Netflix is way less risky than a movie that has to go to the box office and have critics and has to sell tickets. So you can release something on Netflix, no one could see it, a billion people could see it, you'd never know.
0: Uh, so another quick Google that the game is just Star Wars Squadrons. That's what it's called. And it's basically all dogfighting. Um, and I, I've heard that the gameplay is really, really good. It's a really good um, ship space fighting game um, with no huge gimmicks. And I just don't think it did super well because maybe people aren't as interested. Um, it was always on my radar. I almost bought it a couple of times. But, uh, you know, it's and just one of the ones that... Is there, like, a um, Metacritic
1: score on that? Not that I need to talk me, about this
0: now. <laughs> well, I mean, let me, let me give it a quick check. All right, give it a quick check. Um, but I, from, like, you know, a couple of YouTubers and stuff, I've heard it was good. Hmm. Uh
1: we're doing something original with great influence from the games and the books. There's a lot of things being acknowledged and understood about the greatness of all those things, but yes, it's an original story and I'm so psyched to do it. Patty Jenkins. Oh, uh, well, yeah, Wonder
0: I was going to come to that hmm. before we get to that. Um, PC gamer, 83% IGN, eight out of 10 Metacritic, oh, nice. 79. Okay. That's solid. So if you, if yeah, if you Google 86, if you like games like this, if you think you're going to like it, you're going to probably like it. Yeah. And I mean, it looked really
1: polished and cool. So yeah, I think it was
0: a, it's a flop, unfortunately. So we're going to see less of it, Um, which really, really stinks. But, I mean, well, I didn't you buy it. you I said, didn't
1: buy. It. You gotta speak with your dollar, man.
0: Yeah, I know, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't play too many games now. <laughs> I play though. You we're know, we're not I play made the of money.
1: It's like what seventy dollars by the end of it to get one of those darn things. It's like give so, me a break.
0: But yeah, I mean, I you know I said I was, I, I was looking forward to it. Never got it. Never played it. But so I, I would hope to see more games like this because it's different and well, really well made. It looks like and. I should have just bought it to uh, speak with my dollar. (laughs) But uh, back to what you said about um, Mrs. Patty Jenkins. Jenkins, Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not... uh, I'm a little nervous (laughs) about (laughs) this. Um, Arrest, Development, Love. She only did one episode. Entourage. Wonder Woman was pretty solid. Wonder Woman 1984 was a dumpster fire of epic proportions uh and i loved watching it for like the experience but i mean i don't you know who knows if that's her fault it's probably dc's fault for doing whatever the heck they did to try to salvage their it just shows that
1: she's familiar with working with the studio shenanigans to make a movie with a massive ip you know. And
0: make it absolutely abysmal.
1: Though. <laughs> it was horrible. Well, people really liked Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, Wonder Woman was a solid movie. I enjoyed it. I never saw uh, 1984, but it, I heard it, things. It, and it's I've seen ridiculous. I told of it. you to watch it. It's on HBO. You have HBO. Yeah, I have HBO. Watch HBO. it. It's like what the Ugh. red letter guys do to watching bad movies. It's ridiculous. It's worth watching. Yeah, maybe. but I, you know, I know, but that just shows me she doesn't have the creative control with the giant IP. And I mean, Disney is on such a roll. This is an odd choice for a director. Well, and I mean, it's
1: still two years away. Disney could change whatever they want whenever they want. They could axe the whole movie. They could change directors. They could do extensive reshoots. They could do anything. So. We've, we've Well, seen two it years before. of
0: wet. Yeah, well, that's the problem with and We talked about this in another episode. They're probably already working, if not done, with some of the CGI fight scenes, dog fights, mm-hmm. already. You know. Well, that'll All be cool
1: to is, see. I mean, it, Disney yeah, makes these action make scenes regardless that. of. Hey, even if, the, if I'm just going it with an open no matter mind. What I know, it's yes. a low risk from a narrative perspective high potential in terms of no, special effects. No, this is effects. not low risk
0: anymore. This is going to be the first movie in like three years. Well,
1: I mean from a storytelling it's been- perspective, there's, oh, yes. you, it's like okay, we're going to go pew-pew at each other and shoot each other. We don't have to like plug into the Skywalker saga as much as we feel. You I do don't think you have saying? to at
0: all. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. So I'm just, this
2: the is uh, a The movie's
0: an interesting choice, but we'll see how it goes.
2: Yeah.
1: But guys, I think we, we we've said it all in terms of our, our our Rogue One being a turning point discussion and the thoughts of treating Star Wars as a as a universe of movies and TV shows and how it kind of all started there and like the exp- learning as we go kind of process that we're getting as fans across all of these things, but. Um, you know everyone wants to see a good movie that does really well and we'll get there these things are hard to do there's a lot to balance when it comes to something as universally beloved as star wars and then like a business as massive as disney so there's a lot of moving pieces and all those things the fact they even make something comprehensible at the end of the day is pretty (laughs) amazing uh but they've gotten close <laughs> with uh, that last movie in the in the sequel trilogy. I can't even believe I can't remember. It's like the what's that movie called? The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. Thank you. I I always get that confused. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker. I've only seen it once. Maybe I should see it again.
0: I but, mean, we're gonna watch it. That's going to be our next trilogy. So
1: yeah, we'll get to it. We uh, we haven't really decided what we're gonna watch next. Maybe should well, we watch yeah. Solo?
0: Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe we'll do a poll.
1: A poll, interesting. A poll. Okay. But I but know the next the vote next... for solo though. <laughs> <And then maybe laughs> that's we, fair. It's a good <laughs> well, reason not I, to do it then. We're but... not going to do a poll.
0: <laughs> Comments if you uh, really want solo. But uh, the next trilogy we're going to do is going to be the sequel, not OT. But we may do a different movie in between. Uh, that's yeah. definitely up to debate. You mm-hmm. know, they're redoing the Fantastic Four again.
1: Yes, now that it's owned by Disney, um, we're going to see some stuff. So,
0: I'd like to see a good one. That'd be I think we're
1: overdue for it, and it's interesting because Chris Evans was the Human Torch back in the day when it was the Fox version of the Fantastic Four, <laughs> and now he's Captain <laughs> America. Call, like, so, <laughs> If, he, if he has like an Easter interaction with the Human to Torch, which he's he's not acting in these movies anymore, so, but they could see him in, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those funny things. It's like... Oh, I mean, they have to do something cheeky, like maybe the Human Torch will see the shield or something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it would be be funny. Yeah,
1: it would be funny, but yeah, I think it'll be good. Or at least it'll be 7 out of 10, like, it can't be any worse than that. Maybe, but maybe the series is cursed, who
0: knows? (laughs) I don't know. For a Marvel movie, though, it's gotta be decent. They haven't really put a stinker out in a while, you know? No, and even their worst movies are... Very digestible Passible. and watchable, yeah. yeah. So I can't, imagine, yeah.
1: I can't imagine it being as bad as what we've gotten from the Fantastic Four <laughs> yeah. already. No, so. but
0: I yeah, and it's a fun story. I like the idea. It would be nice. I understand why they keep trying it. I right. hope they uh, make it work. And in this new, what, like, what are we, in Phase Four now or something? I feel like it could be cool.
1: Yeah, they're trying to pull in new characters, tell new stories. They just bought Fox. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, putting these guys to work <laughs> they need to, man.
0: <laughs> Mickey needs a return on his own... investment <laughs> yeah I mean don't they own uh, mutants now too yes I think
1: so I think they've got a lot of the X-Men on lockdown now so I
0: wonder if they have anything in production with that Maybe they're waiting well there for is that. like
1: the new mutants is a thing right that was a movie that came out that no one watched um <laughs> That had um, sure. that had um, what's her face another Game of Thrones character Maisie Williams, and then it had the oh. girl who was in before, of course, but she went on to be in that chess show on oh, Netflix, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, Queen's Gambit. Right, right. That was good. So the really two of them that. were in that movie called The New Mutants, twenty twenty, horror fantasy. Um, was that a Disney
0: movie? I don't it would be on. Know. yeah, I don't think so. But that maybe somebody still owns a couple of mutants,
1: yeah. Maybe some of the mutants squeaked by Did someone else making them. I don't know. So, based on Marvel Comics team, distributed by 20th Century Studios, which is technically Disney. Oh, the film was delayed while reshoots were planned, and Disney began the process of acquiring production. Okay. Got it. So this film was started before Disney and then released after Disney acquired it. So that's interesting. <laughs> so got
0: Where changed. is it watchable, though?
1: I think it's on HBO.
0: Which is odd. It's not on Disney+. I guess I don't have the rights to it yet.
1: It's part of HBO Max. And hmm. it's on Hulu.
0: That's very strange. I guess there must be a
1: a term some contract with, with Fox yeah. that's being honored that and they're like, you can have it. <laughs> I don't, yeah. like, eh, take it.
0: <laughs> so we'll see that pretty shortly, I'm sure, on Disney Plus and then uh the only thing is still Deadpool, Spider-Man. right? That's you know. The, yeah, but they own that now, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's just (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Which Sony Sony, will never give up. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't
1: think Disney can afford Sony, so. Not at least today.
0: (laughs) No, they're like, the the amount they're charging just for Spider-Man is ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that on its own is worth as much as, like, almost all the other Marvel characters combined. Spider-Man is, like, one of the most valuable IPs of all IPs. It's in, like, the top... If not the top ten, the top fifty, yeah, top hundred. There is like a Wikipedia listing. Oh,
0: there. I would say top fi- top twenty-five. Are you kidding me?
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of IPs out there in the world, but um,
0: Spider-Man's one of the biggest. I know in the Pokemon last is the top. Twenty years. Well, you can't take down Pikachu. Yeah, no way. So,
1: so yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's Rogue One for you guys. (laughs) Some of our
0: thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic
1: Universe. (laughs) We're talking about universes today, cinematic universes. Hey,
0: Fantastic Four is gonna—that's sci-fi for sure. Maybe we watch that (laughs) in twenty twenty-nine.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, Disney. I feel like the superhero stuff should be on the table as greater sci-fi.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't know if people want to hear it though. It's kind of up to them. Right. I don't know. I, I want to watch the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. I think that's what it is.
1: Which one is that?
0: The one that was on. Uh, it was made with like a million dollar budget. Oh, the really old one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Not. I don't think it's the oldest one, but it was maybe. It was before Sony had it. Wow. Let's see. List of highest grossing
1: media franchises. Hmm. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then Spider Man is like three down. <laughs> so, Marvel Cinematic Universe 35.4 billion, Spider Man 27.9 billion. It's, like, right there.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, man.
1: Because it's got merchandise is the big thing. Box office video games,
0: home video, TV. But it's that close to the MCU as a whole. That's nuts. I mean, mean, it's above Batman. It's above Dragon
1: Ball. It's above Call of Duty, Barbie. Yeah. It's, like, above all those. But just under Transformers, which I find surprising under harry potter yeah, mario had yeah
0: toys going since the eight i guess spider-man said toys longer but transformers was big
1: yeah i get that i get that i mean it does 11.7 billion dollars in merchandise 4.8 billion dollars in the box office i get it i get it yeah still though yeah I, I mean if. if after a few more of these movies come out, I mean, what the difference is only $3 billion. They come out with four more of these Spider-Man movies, and we'll get
0: there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the next one's going to be huge, too. Yeah. You get your whole Hello, Peter going on. Oh, yeah. So, you know... I mean, I'm pretty psyched for it. It looks cool.
1: I think it'll be fun and people are hoping they'll bring back like toby mcguire and stuff Um,
0: well yeah i mean and i would see uh what the heck's his name the doc guy hair boy no uh, oh andrew garfield Garfield? (laughs) yeah why not throw them all in like i think that would be awesome but. Yeah, I mean, I um, I, I, for our for if the two people that are still listening, um, I finally finished Loki. I know we've been talking about that oh, for I a while. Oh, I haven't finished it. Strong finish. Um, I could see why we got this whole Hello Peter thing going on. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to Phase whatever nine. Yeah, be fun. whatever. A well, couple of to- I little Toby McGuire. I love Spider-Man. I've always loved Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So. Doc Ock, we get some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe some mm-hmm. Miles, Miles in it. That's right. I'd well, be down. I'd be down too, but I, I, yeah. I think I'm also down
1: to wrap up this episode. We went way over on shenanigans, but uh, say, la vie. Star Wars, yeah. guys, the cinematic universe, so much potential. We're going to be talking about Visions even more on Tuesdays. We've done two or three, I think, by the time no, two by the time this comes out. Two, and two episodes. we're gonna have we're gonna give all nine, nine. episodes their own time to shine. And uh, yeah, it's it's fun to talk about they Talk about going the total. Uh, like if you have the sequel trilogy, you have Rogue One in the middle of the spectrum, and then all the way on the other end of the spectrum is is Visions. So it's interesting just to have all of those in your head at the same time when you talk about the Star Wars. Cinematic universe, if you will. Yeah. So, lots and of to exciting me, it was,
0: potential. Yeah, and it was really interesting to me to trace back, like, the thought process and the influence. Because I do think it's clear that it's Rogue One was a focal point of a lot of Disney's um, experimentation and where they ended up and what they saw worked mm-hmm. and how they got, you know, finalized their formula for a TV. Obviously not finalized, but they close to perfected it because they're doing pretty well and i'm enjoying everything they're putting out they're doing which i wasn't for a out. little bit yeah so
1: yeah no we've gotten a lot of great stuff lately
0: and i'm excited to we'll keep going yeah yeah keep Looking it going forward to uh squadrons if they uh keep In that two years crazy. we'll see you guys then uh
1: <laughs> until then check out our vision stuff i think boba's coming out after the holidays like end of december so
0: yeah, I feel like it's tw- uh, December twenty third again. Maybe that's just no. It's, I release think it's after stuff. the
1: holidays. I kind of remember oh, you think reading it's January? that. Yeah, no, it's uh, like late December. It's like the 29th oh, or something. <laughs> oh. Um so. Um, but yeah, it's good for us. Then we don't have to jump into it. I know right away. At, we can do a, almost a one episode a week release of visions, and we'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Somehow we'll oh, get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Premiering December 29th on Disney+. Plus.
0: Wow, that's an interesting...
1: It's an interesting date. I'm sure they're making it as fast as they can. Hmm. Cool. Here's when you can stream Disney's new Star Wars series. It's like, bro, I see it. It's not the top. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for listening so, so much. We appreciate you. Star Wars guys, so much potential. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. But in the meantime, check out our Visions episodes on Tuesdays and uh, check out our greater sci-fi stuff, talking about movies. Those have been a lot of fun. Check those out, too. We're going to have some more of those planned for the month of October, which are going to be very fun. So, yeah, keep a lookout.
0: Yeah. See you guys. Goodbye.
2: Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger.